Feel the rhythm. Feel the beat. The rhyme. Come on, baby, it's bobsleigh time. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. So we're going to talk about a few, <laughs> a few mistakes that we've made as, um, as a business over the last few years. The first one being when Johnny paid a client £40. And the client was lovely about it. He just sent us a message and just said, guys, I'm not sure if uh, I've got this wrong here, but I thought I am the one that pays you. So we just launched... Um, our first ever crack at group coaching. Was that right? It was maybe like the second time we did it. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time we did it is a separate story. But the second time we launched it, the idea was like, we're going to set up a Facebook group. We're going to upload an Excel file in the files area. And we wanted to get like a few people paying us 40 quid a month from like our audience. And this guy messaged us and I was in a pub in Leeds at the time. And because uh, we were just like fitting this around life. I, like, had to set up something on PayPal for some reason on the mobile app, which at the time was horrendous. And I ended up just transferring to his PayPal $40 or £40. I remember doing it and thinking, like, Mint, like, good Saturday, we've got a new client, like, all going well. And we got an email from him saying, uh, Johnny. His name was Johnny as well, I remember. Yeah. Well, that was. so I suppose the lesson from that, because this has happened, there's a similar story that we've had as well, which is, again, comes down to not using the payment platform properly or just not being fully uh, clear with the interface of the payment platform. And if if any of you use Stripe, you'll find something very similar that there's no confirmation, especially if you have autofill on your browser. So you could very easily just charge someone an extra zero on your on the amount and not realise, and then it just goes, ding! Charged, and you go, oh, I remember, God. I remember there was a time when you told me that you were billing, you were manually billing someone. It's not that, it's not bad, don't worry, I can see you looking worried. You were manually billing someone for something, and as you pressed, like, charge, some plug-in or something changed the number. Oh, yeah. Did it, like, did it, I literally added an extra zero or something. Yeah. But then it ended up charging the right amount. I had to quickly press escape, and... So, yeah, these are when little plugins in your browser interact with each other and just cause unpredictable results. So so the other example was Johnny um, charging someone manually for a monthly coaching, but then double, I think double tapped the button. So it was, it was literally like I pressed activate subscription. So she bought, a, she bought like one-on-one fitness coaching with me. I activated the subscription in Stripe um, and pressed it. Nothing happened. So that immediately there's this there's this feeling of like, well, shit, like, what do I do here? Like, do I leave this? Has it worked? Decided to press it again. And it then processed, but processed twice. 
So I had to build the client twice. And the trouble with it was, like, obviously you can apologise, but, like, it still takes a day or two to get the refund. I, I think, think five to ten days, isn't it? Yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, I, oh, Christ. Like, when I, when I think about that, like, it, I mean, there's so many things wrong with that. Why was I doing it manually? We shouldn't have been doing that sort of thing. We don't do anything like that. I should clarify. We don't touch stuff like that anymore. <laughs> So um, well, that's the big lesson we've learned now, yeah. which is to rely on on automation systems and checkout software that handles this stuff for us and eliminates human error. There was something you said to me. I still really clearly remember this. I think because I, I send out, like, if you're on our email list, you'll have seen for quite a while, probably since, like, 2015, I've been through big patches of time where I've sent a daily email. And so in that time... There's been a lot of typos. Like, I remember when I called the 28-day shred, the 28-day shed. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a cu- we got that generated a few responses. <laughs> but, like, you Hi, said... Mate, I'm really interested in, in the... landscape, landscape gardening. Yeah. And, uh... God. But you said to me, because I, 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 like, messaged you, I said, like, I can't believe I've done that. Like, I, mean, I think it was even worse. There's a really bad example. But you said, everything has an error rate to it. Like every process, everything you could possibly do yourself, you will make a mistake on a long enough timeline. And if you do something every day, if you send an email every day, like the standard marketing advice, how many days in your life do you like send a message and it's uh, autocorrect or typo? You've got to like, attach the file. Yeah, it like... happens all the time. <clears throat> so like the, the, the problem becomes as your big business gets bigger, as your email list gets bigger, and you, you're sending that mistake to thousands and thousands of people. It um, compounds it. Oh, yeah. God. Well, the, you know, surgeons have to look at life this way because even if you're an amazing surgeon and you've got a higher success rate than any of your colleagues, you might have a 99% success rate with a procedure. That still means one in every hundred of your patients will die from your, or, or you know, or it will fail or something. And yeah, like you've done that to them. Like you're the one that's cut them open and caused that problem. But if it was, you know, if it was another surgeon, then more people would have done that or, or, mm. you know, it, it's just the error rate of the procedure. And it's not, it's not to do with your failing as a person. It's just that that is the percentage rate and we cannot be perfect. And so, yeah, I suppose like things that have the lowest percentage rates are, are automations. Although when they fail, then they... sometimes it's cataclysmic, but like <laughs> speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> is this, the, is this the kiss one? Right. Yeah. We, we had a, um, we had an automation system that was still in its early stages of development. And one day it just sent out an email to 17,000 people, just blank with a subject line. It was a draft email. We hadn't touched the software that day and it just went and just sent out this blank email to loads of people. And once you've done that, you can't recall an email. You, yeah. That's it. You just... It's one of the few things you just, there is no way back. It's it's so funny when you see people try and recall an email. Have you ever seen that? It, like in, in in the office? Yeah, on like Outlook and things like that. And yeah. it, it's it almost is like, oh, really sorry, you just don't read that one thing. Yeah. And it makes you want to read it more. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're like, oh, what have they bugged up on this? Well, the, that email just said, kiss. That was all it said. That was the subject line, kiss. We were actually with, I don't know whether you remember this, we, we have like an annual um, client catch-up which is always, it's always weird, right, when you when you coach online, meeting people. Like, it's, I, I always find it a really odd interaction. Like, we've, ju- we've literally just had a conversation about a guy that I coached 
for how long for? Months? Must have been, must have been a year months. or two, probably. That was it not? I don't know. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. <clears throat> and this guy has been on Dragon's Den before, right? And I recognise him from being on Dragon's Den. Yusuf pulled up this video where he's just done an interview with him. And I was like, oh, that, that guy's been on Dragon's Den. And Yusuf was like, Johnny, you coached him. <laughs> did, did he just send photos from the neck down? And, yeah. Because that's it. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you have a client, you don't know what their face looks like. Yeah. You only know oh, what, exactly. their, what their body yeah. looks like. Yeah. It's like you, mad. You, I, you speak to them on the phone. You have email back and forth with them every single week. You know or, them intimately. Yeah. I know everything that happened in that guy's life. But I just, the one piece of the puzzle that I never saw was his face. That is so and had bad. I seen that, the thing that's crazy about that is, as I said to you just then, I watched the Dragon's Den episode. That he must have done that while I was coaching him. And I was sat there going like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Little do I know, like, I changed his macros on the week. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we, we had this, um, we had we had these, these Christmas client catch-ups and we were actually in a bar with all our clients when that email sent out. Because I got an email. Um, there was another thing that happened. I can't remember. I got the email that said kiss when I was in the bar with you and I showed you it and we were just like, neither of us on a laptop, nothing we can do. There was a time I was in New York and I like, did you, I th- what What happened was, do you remember this? No. So I, I'd written a draft of an email in the hotel room and I was going to send it when I got back to the UK and you press send on the half written email did i what, did just, just to send it out? i think i think you thought it was like ready to go scheduled press send and i got the email because <laughs> <laughs> again like permanent consequences it's like when you change is it podcasting what's the screen that has in like bold text the below settings have permanent consequences oh yeah what is that it's one of the back-end podcast settings, yeah. Like, it changes the feed, and that's, <laughs> like... It could just break your podcast, and there's nothing. The, so, I think a lot of these mistakes, especially the tech ones... First of all, as Johnny said, there is an error rate, and you just have to accept that it will happen. And it, mm. if anything, it humanises you sometimes. Like, if someone sees an error, they're not going to hamstring you for it. But um, you've also got to recognise, like, if you're going to make errors, just make them early and fail fast with them. Like yeah. we've made product after product that has flopped mm. like complete. And certainly ones that we've in, you know, in that situation, it's better to pre-sell the product before you've <laughs> built it and put in all the effort in making it. And then if you find out it flops, fine, you can just refund them. No harm done. Um, we, we <laughs> built up to a habit seminar <laughs> and it was going to be this online seminar. We'd built up for it, pre-sold it. And it made two sales, one of which yeah. was just a competitor, just curious on what we were doing. One was doing. a competitor and one was a current client who was going to get the, the presentation for free anyway. Oh. And so we were just like, right, we abort, yeah. abort. Um, there we was, all... yeah, there were, do you remember, I remember sitting in David Lloyd Cafe with you the day, so we we, we launched, so we, we moved into it full time and we were just about to launch the full, the first ever um, like product we'd ever had. And I remember thinking like, this is the this is going to be the route. Like this is the way we build this business is by selling this. At the time, it was like six quid, seven quid, or yeah, seven pounds. I think. And I was like, this is we're going to sell loads of these, like hundreds of thousands of these. This is going to be the way we make loads of money. Oh, it's great because it, it all we have to do is sell thirty thousand of these, and then and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, and um, so we we were sat in David Lloyd Cafe frantically. So, because I, I pre-sold a few copies of it, and we were frantically trying to build this page and such a stressful day using ma- like basic Mailchimp. We'd paid a guy 
called Estuardo to build us the sales page because none of these like landing page builders existed at the Estuardo, time. Estuardo, if you're listening, big love. <laughs> big love, yeah. <laughs> he sorted us out. He really did sort us out. It's called the tracking bundle. Still exists. Yeah. Great product. It, very good product. Like, just launched very poorly. Yeah. But but now, based on based on the, the systems that we used to consistently generate the sales for that, it doesn't require all this like this build up or paying Estuardo to to make a page. Um, to be honest, it's the most like we could have a client sign up for fitness coaching, like the uh, like one on one fitness coaching, and that's great. Like, there's nothing, there's there's no there's no better feeling in the sense that you feel like I'm really going to be able to help this person. But I, from a business perspective, I get the most satisfaction from someone buying like faster fat loss or the V taper manual, or, or I I think because I know how much work has gone into individually those products. That, I think that's exactly it because because mm-hmm. the you know when when you're selling a product like that, the only time you could get anxiety from it is if you don't think the product lives up to its promise, yeah. if it yeah. doesn't deliver on what. But if you know that it's great value for money, which they all are, like all of our passive products are absolutely phenomenal yeah. value for money. Yeah. Then when someone buys it, you're like, oh, thank God. Like, mm. that, there's a guy outside who's just being <laughs> bullied by a, a big van. God, that's he's, a weird van. He's having to reverse all the way. It's a van with, like, an alien on the back and then a, a tree man. Boarded up. Like, some, it's a van that's had load, it's got loads of spray paint written on it. It looks like something out of a post-apocalyptic movie. It does, actually. Awful. Horrendous. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the tracking bundle. I remember making that. I remember it being... Probably three months of like back and forth writing, editing, building the document, building the spreadsheets, oh. testing them, um, and like loads it, of client data went into that. Yeah, as well, well like... in that in that thing, this is an argument to go buy it, right? <laughs> in that thing is a spreadsheet that auto adjusts your macros depending on what your weight does, and graphs the whole thing. It was ahead of its time, <laughs> like in terms of like now. There's obviously there's apps, that do that. apps and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the thing is, like. You can build that. I mean, well, if if you're a spreadsheet my guest. wizard like Johnny, but be my <laughs> fucking guest. Go and try. But... <laughs> it took me a long time. <laughs> and that, that is a chartered accountant. <laughs> like but um, but you know the the barrier to entry for you to create a fitness product is low. But compared, to, you know, to to develop an app like if you unless you can code yourself, you're gonna you're gonna spend a hundred grand on building that app. So we know someone who spent hundred grand on it, and it and made no sense. He had to stop hundred grand of his own money as well, wasn't yeah, it? Oh. Um, the thing with stuff like that, though, we should just caveat because everyone hears that and thinks, "All oh, right, Johnny Yusuf have said, but build a passive product. That's what I should do." The only reason why that worked, and the only people we sold that to, were our email list. And how do you build an email list? You build an email list by marketing your primary offer, which is your coaching. So That's we true. have an email list of like a couple of thousand people at the time. And when I put an email out saying, who wants to buy this ebook and program for seven quid? Like, obviously, quite a few people were interested. So, so it did all right in the first couple of weeks. That list is people who have already bought into you as a, as a coach. Yeah. They've bought into your idea, your ethos. And what you want to be, what you, the way you want to position yourself is so that if you were to launch anything, people are already sold on it. You don't need to sell mm. them the product because they're sold on you. If we had to make money now, if we had to get a fitness client now, or make any money in the fitness business now, which is send an email. You know, if it was like someone came in this room now with a with a big rifle and pointed it at you and me and said, "Unless you two make five hundred pounds in the next hour, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm open, open I'm, active campaign." Shoot one of you, yeah. 
and I'm going to send an email with the word kiss at the top. If you ever get an email with me from me with the word kiss in it, I need help. Right. Because <laughs> something has gone someone, wrong. Someone's come in the room with a rifle and threatened Yusuf and I, and we need you, we need you to send help. But yeah, so having an email list and, and then selling digital products was, was a massive deal for us. It's not like a big portion of our revenue, but there was probably the most mistakes around those sorts of launches around. I remember being in, I was in Warsaw. No, where was I? Maybe I was in Warsaw when we launched the V-Taper manual. Mm. Again, you pro- it's weird because I have really like situational memories of these things. Of where like, you, you are You were in Warsaw, so it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to you. But we'd like been building up. So I wrote Faster Fat Loss. You suffer at the V-Taper manual and like the program that goes with it. Um, incidentally, what did it add to your bench press? 25 kilos. Thing is, that sounds like a... Marketing bullshit headline. Yeah. I watched it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the video. There's a video of you benching. Is it 140 in Harrison's basement? Yeah. Like, because you were like 70-something kilos. 77, yeah. Like, put edging towards a double bodyweight bench press. Mental. In eight weeks. But yeah, so he wrote that, and I remember writing the emails. So I, I, I was going to write the emails to launch it. I wrote the emails in the hotel that morning, thinking I'm going to be out all day. But the launch will still happen fine. And I remember it got to, like, midday, and we haven't made a sale yet. And I was like, something's wrong here. Mm. Like, maybe maybe people just don't want useless program. Like, maybe, because mine did really well. When I, was, <laughs> I was like, maybe maybe useless just fucked it. Um, but I'd Really put, hurtful. I put the wrong link in the email. Sometimes in an email, if you, it's happened to me two days ago, you miss the H from HTTPS, forward slash, colon, forward slash, forward slash, you miss the H off, link doesn't work. It's like you might copy it, copy it in a, a URL from a, a browser, try and copy it into your email, but you've missed the H off. It doesn't look like it in the email, but you have in the link and that's it. No V-taper sales. We clawed it back there. But anyway, anyway, what's the next? The other one was... The the biggest breach of client confidentiality that we've made, <laughs> which was because of... So so Johnny didn't know this, but I'd set up an automation so that whenever we posted a video on YouTube, it tweeted out the video with the title to our Twitter. And Johnny made a video response to a client and accidentally set it as publish, which he very quickly changed it to unlisted. But by that point, it had already been tweeted out to 2,000 followers. And it was only because we got a response to the tweet. Because it just, you know, it goes out, like, how often do you check your own Twitter timeline? So got a response to the tweet being like, Johnny, you're so cute. And I was like, what? And I saw what it was in response to. And I'm like, oh, fuck, right. So, it, so it, was from, it was from Emma Story Gordon as well. Who, like, you may have heard of her. She's quite a... She's quite a big deal, isn't she, in the fitness industry. So, like, it was very uncharacteristic. Like, it wasn't a friend trolling us or anything like that. Like, it was someone who you'd think normally wouldn't randomly post that, commenting on a video. You're like, hmm, something's awry here. Immediately take down the tweet, text Johnny. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the video, like, I was, I was responding to some pretty personal things from that client. Like, I mean, not many people saw it, is the good thing. And I told the client about it, and he was fine with it, but... Still not great. Ridiculous. Still feel like a book. <laughs> the other, so, oh yeah, we we drove and you drove down to Stockton <laughs> so that we could record after work as well a, in uh, rush hour. A two and a half hour powerlifting seminar live. It was a Google Hangouts. It was a really good seminar. Like the material in it was fantastic, and people had to pay nine pound ninety nine to watch it. Mike Samuels was there. Mike was Sam, Mike Samuels watched the webinar with us. 
Mike Samuels Mike. and his, his girlfriend Carly. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> well so, done, Mike. The, the final mistake for us was getting help too late. Mm. Because we just, we thought to ourselves, like, oh, but we can't afford it. It's expensive. Like, what do these guys know? Etc. Etc. We're just going to try and figure it out ourselves. And trying to figure it out ourselves cost us in sleep, it cost us in cash, ad spend, time, stress. Well, every every time you do something wrong, there's there's the amount of money that would have made had it been right, and the amount of money you'd made because you'd made the, the amount of money you did make in the end because you made the mistake. So, like every time you launch something and you make errors, like there was the potential of that launch, and there's the actual. It's like you know that people say the worst day of your life is when you meet the version of you you could have been. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like when the the version of your business this time next year meets the version of it, of the business that it could have been had you just like got out of your own way a little bit. Um, but I, You I, see that very quickly. Within six months of getting help, oh. the, the structure of the business changes such that you're like, oh, bollocks, if we'd done this three years ago, mm. especially when the market was so much more nubile and just ready for something like that. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, people say that everyone's like, oh, it's too late to start an online fitness business. Like, the the best time to start is, is today. But it's it's like when people say, I should have invested in Facebook, should have invested in Netflix, should have invested in Uber. Those companies, those opportunities are existing right now. It's just you can't see them. So, like, everything's always obvious in hindsight. But in five years' time, if, you st- if you'd started things today, you'll be benefiting from that decision over and over again every single month. Like, can you remember the first program we bought? Remember the first money we ever spent on help? Yeah. What was it? So, there was John Goodman. Oh, God, I forgot about that. And then there was... Someone else who I don't know if I should name because we're very. Um, no, there's something even before. Are you thinking that? of? Yeah. Some, something even before that. Someone who we've just been to see. Oh, advanced email. email. Master Master week. Week. <laughs> that was a grand, and we minced over the decision. Oh, for ages. days. Days. That was a really good decision. Looking like, back, that like was we, a really good use of money. Thinking like, oh, we can't afford a grand. Actually, we couldn't afford not to go for it. Well, so we, we had a thousand pounds in the bit. Like we didn't have very much money in the business, but we had a thousand pounds in the business and it was a big chunk of the money we had. But had we not spent the money, I, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this, not necessarily just the big Paula, but like, I don't know what we would have done. The Brad, I don't think the program even exists anymore. It doesn't. So it's like, like, what would we, I don't know what we would have done differently. Cause you just can't see your way out of the own. It's like, what is it? The problems aren't solved at the level at which they're created. Yeah. Like, and we were just stuck in our own mess, weren't we? And you sat there with a grand. And, like, the, the thing is, like, what we don't, what you don't realise by having a grand in the bank, <laughs> and, like, no one ever thinks of it in this way, but when you have a grand in the bank, you're, what you're saying, what you're communicating to the market, to the world, is this £1,000 is best spent accruing 0.2% <laughs> interest in my bank account per year, like, below inflation. Whereas, like, you've got to think of it in terms of opportunity cost, like, could you really generate a better return on your thousand pounds yourself by putting it into, I don't know, whatever you think you're going to put it into? Or <clears throat> could you get a better ROI from expanding your expanding your methods into something that, you know, look, finding your blind spots and getting a return on your investment from a new marketing strategy or something that is going to really propel your business forward? Well, if you look at if you think of it this way, 
there is probably nothing I can think of, honestly, that has a higher interest rate return than our email list. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing in, in no product you could put your money into, no no investment vehicle. I think every every pound we've spent on coaching or um, getting yeah. help over the last five five to ten years has paid for itself within weeks or months. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that we've paid for that has just been a waste of money. Like it's, it's made a hundred percent ROI very quickly and then continues to make a return on that. And some of that coaching was shit as well. Like we've bought some (laughs) shit stuff. So you can even buy shit coaching and you'd still get a return. I think like every, everyone who's selling coaching is, has probably got something good to offer. Like it really, because I think when people blame, because we, we have worked with some really shit coaches and people who, I think I do honestly feel like we were misled into buying what they had. Like one particular example that I know we're both thinking of that we can't really say the name person's name because it, it is a bit <laughs> nose blowy, defam- <laughs> defamatory. Is like um, we we thought this person had an online fitness business. I talk about this a lot in, in emails. We thought this person was an online fitness coach or like had direct experience of that. When you buy the program. And the first week, I shit you not, the first week is talking about how to like do breathing exercises and move your hands around in a certain way because that's the most important thing in your business growth. I had a direct one-on-one, I had a one-on-one sales call with a guy, a one-on-one coaching call with a guy who his advice for how to scale the business was to go to the beach and take my shoes off. Honestly, like this is shit. Like I'm not making this up. That was advice we were given. Um, But we still got stuff from that program because you, I think if you're in the right mindset, when you, when you invest in people and you invest in coaching, you, you have to have this view of like, I'm, I'm bought into this. I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to take one or two things from it. And then because you're a business owner and you can then like craft the direction of where something's going. If that tiny change takes place over the next two years, three years, and it adds 10% to a process each time, that is potentially thousands and thousands in revenue in return. So if you just implement some of the advice yeah. and no program is going to be pure, terrible or pure brilliance. I mean, mm. maybe, I mean, our program is pure brilliance, but well, yeah, it's obvious. Though, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like there will always be little nuggets of wisdom in something. And we've talked about this before of how to choose the right coach. And our metric is very, very simple. It's just, has this person done what they are claiming to help you achieve yeah so would you hire a fat personal trainer would you hire a driving instructor that doesn't have a driving license no (laughs) so (laughs) would you learn how to fly a plane from someone who'd never flown before would you pay a plumber who'd never fixed a u-bend before or done any plumbing would you you have a really there's an article i wrote called call yourself a coach where you wrote like you wrote loads of tweetable examples like advanced let's get them they're brilliant they are brilliant. But I think the take-home lesson from that, like the what I would tell... And everyone here, when we talk about stuff like this, people think we're just pitching, right? You don't have to work with us. You pick anyone to work with. But sitting on your hands with money in the banks, thinking, I want to build this business, but I'm not sure what to do, but I'm scared to spend the money, is is the same as saying, like, I think the best way to generate more money in my business is to do it all my, on my own and leave the money in the bank account. And that's going to be the highest return on investment thing I can do. 
rather than using some of the money, freeing up a lot of your time, freeing up a lot of your frustration and acquiring just a path and a method to follow. Like if we'd done that sooner, I mean, it's, it's kind of painful to think about. Like, I don't know where we'd be today. Yeah, absolutely. Size-wise, business-wise. It's... So well, I suppose there's two things in there. One of them is, you know, get your ego in check and realise that there are people that have grown their business further than you and that you can learn from. <clears throat> and the other thing is, um, if you have cash, like, sp- spend it on, invest it in some way. Like, putting it in a bank or in a low-interest return um, account is not an investment because it can, it can often yield negative real returns. Mm. Whereas... Even if you just thought, right, I've got three grand, fuck it, I'll I'll put it on a TV ad. Like, just something that's crazy. doesn't matter. Like, it's worth a shot. Like, that might that might get you a few clients. Like, you, you're doing something with it. And, you, yeah, you have to take these risks. Like, even if you, even if the TV ad doesn't make you a return on your investment, you've learned something. You've paid your tuition to the market. Got three grand. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hire a video student, uh, you know, media student to film me going about my day and I'll and I'll get them to edit it into a, a YouTube video or like hire out some equipment to start a new podcast or some new uh, new content or whatever it is like you're you're reinvesting it into yourself well like I would I would pay me I would pay to meet me and get the advice from us in a year's time oh. because, it, because so, so if you think about that like would you do that you would make that decision so the fact that the approach you're taking is, well, I'm just going to try and think my way out of this problem on my own in my room. Like, it was priceless to meet yourself in a year's because time. Because of the, all, the, all the lessons you learn in just one year. And what you're getting in a coach is someone who, like, work, for example, working with us, we've been doing this for a decade. So we've, we've figured out a thing or two in, in that process, worked with a lot of coaches. That's the value you add as a coach. That's the value that you add. Someone steps in the gym for the first time. You've worked there for years there's things that, that they might, would be mistakes they'd make for the first year of being in there on their own that you can just help them avoid. And that's really all it is, right? And saying, I'm going to keep my cash in the bank because that's not risky. The risk you're taking is wasting all the time that could have been generating more cash. But anyway, here are some examples about, some some ridiculous examples of uh, why you want to hire someone who's done what they say they claim to have, to help you. Fucking hell. Here's some examples about why you should pick a coach who's, who's done what they're claiming to help you to do. How to be an expert chef by someone who made a microwave-ready meal. Advanced engine and combustion mechanics by someone who just got his provisional licence. <laughs> a history of contemporary theatre by someone who watched season one of Prison Break. That's my favourite <laughs> Veterinary cardiothoracic surgery by a guy who used to earn a cat with a cough. <laughs> Is that it? I know. Quantum Computer Science Revisited Edition 7 by someone who once earned a Nokia 3310. <laughs> like, it, the thing is... What like, I love about them is the, is the venom behind them. There's so them. much anger behind yeah. them. Because everyone and their grandma is setting up as a coach. And the, the thing is, like, the, the people who we people who we don't work with, and we're, we're actually, we're quite... Um, we're not nasty about it, but we're quite upfront that if you don't have the ability, if you don't have something to offer your potential clients already... If you're not a good coach, if you're not actually good at the thing that you do, which is getting getting results for your clients, and you don't have the intention to do that, and to get you don't want the best for your clients, then you've got no place looking for marketing, looking for how how to 
how to market that because all you're going to be doing is compounding rubbish mm. you can't polish a turd <laughs> so you have to be good at what you do before you start to market yourself so the people that we work with are the ones who are already getting results for clients that are already doing well in terms of the results that they're getting but they want to be able to expand that or put their offer in front of more people and they're the ones who fly because if you're already good at what you do all you need is a little bit of a rocket booster behind it and suddenly you are making mad profits after the races well marketing and sales and working online is just amplification isn't it so like you need to have the core thing which is like if i speak to someone if i coach someone can i coach them am i a, someone can i offer a service that i know they'll get a lot of value from can i help them solve a problem get a result if yes then like it's firstly about well how do i set this up to allow me to coach 50 people without it just absorbing my time and then how do i get the 50 people but if you don't have the initial thing like getting 50 people giving them a shit service and trying to get the 50 people in the first place is just running uphill swimming upstream fighting against the tide <laughs> <laughs> that's it isn't it that's it that's everything for the podcast we will speak to you next week if you have any questions for us or anything that you want us to address in depth then oh hold on hold on sorry if you're listening to this and you're thinking guys you've you've convinced me it's time for me to get some help and you're thinking if only i knew where to go like a link to go to or an action to take two things you can do first one if you are just ready to go you'd like to see what programs we have if you'd like to chat to one of us and book in, we'll have a chat, see if and how we can help you. Send us an email to admin at propanefitness.com and put propane business podcast as the subject line. We'll bump you to the front of the queue, get you on the phone, we'll get you sorted straight away. If you're a bit unsure, you'd like to dip your toe in the water, see what we have to offer, get a bit more formal training from us, go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast. And there's a training in there that basically explains the propane fitness business model and basically what we would help you do if you were to come on as a client. You're going to ask me a silly question. You are, not I mean, this is. I th- it should be a no-brainer, but would you rather have your face on every £5 note mm-hmm. or on every magazine, publication, newspaper for a day? How long are my faces on the notes for? Until the next round of £5 notes. Can I put a link on anything? Or is it just my face? <laughs> Seriously, can I put a call to action or is it just my face? Because it's just my face, like, it doesn't really matter anyway. So I reckon you don't need a call to action because then you can start, you can message um, Huffington Post and then they can do an article that's like, find out the guy behind the uh, five pound note. Nice. So it's, it's like what we chat about with Eric Helms. Like so awareness once, marketing. Once in a lifetime, people have these pops of exposure. So I'd probably go for the publications. Really? Yeah. Are you going to go for the five pound notes? Yeah, because that, that's like having the Nike tick or the orange square mm. everywhere and then Fire Festival. So I know Fire Festival failed miserably. The but... last five pound note you held. Whose face was on it? Queen. Are you sure? I'm not sure. It was an old £5 note. So... You're just saying that because... Like the Nike tick. You think that that's... Oh, there we go. Churchill. So it is the Queen. queen. It is the Queen. But, like, the point is... I didn't know about him. That could be you. And you'd be on every £5 note that people would... That's like having your logo just subtly imprinted everywhere. And no one... Churchill again. No one quite... And the Queen. It's unlike me to have cash. Yeah. I'm morally opposed to it, to be honest, normally. I just can't wait till we've all got a chip in our thumbs that we can mm. just pay with. Just scam it, Retina. You know, you know what's brilliant about paying with Apple Pay, just before we go, <laughs> is when you need to pay for, for, with Apple Pay for something that's over £30, 
and the person at the checkout goes, oh, oh no, no, no. It's, if it's contactless, you cannot pay for over 30. I was like, don't worry, you just watch me. And then he goes, ding. And they go, oh. Apart from Tesco. Really? And some other main supermarkets as well. Papa Ranouche in Whitley Bay. Bless you. Thank you. What you sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> there's Something a, about there's Whitley Bay. A restaurant in Whitley Bay, that's right. an old card machine that even with Apple Pay, can't pay. <laughs> but that's, that's a second level work checkout person that's like, no, no, I... I'm, I'm aware of the uh, fact that right. Apple But Bay this is... one, in this instance, on the, today, in this case. <laughs> so the reason I would go publication is you're everywhere at once. And you'll be like, you know, the, the, the scenes on like BBC Breakfast where they're like, they read today's paper. And it's what people pay attention to. I see. So for a day, people are just like the thing everyone's looking at directly just make Whereas, sure the link is correct in the email. Well, <laughs> oh yes, for God's sake. <laughs> but then if, if then if you were to piggyback off that, so like try and get on this morning, try and get on like Wake Up Britain or whatever they're called, mm. try and get in like mates, loads of podcasts, then talk about your link. Right. And you can even when people interview you, don't say anything. Just go propenfitness.com. Because everyone would be like, well, that guy's weird. But Forward I, slash calculator. But I wonder, I wonder what's on that URL. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like when I was on Pointless. That, that was awareness marketing. At that was point. awareness marketing. But I like, go on a shit TV show that no one really watches because your friend wants you to go on with you that doesn't really have that much prize money associated with it. All I really desperately wanted to do was just slip a slip of URL. Mm. But then they made you wear a plain blue shirt. So they're really against because it's the BBC. ITV just embraced capitalism. They're like you could have worn a shirt that said Lemon Party on it. Lemonparty.org. I think I'd have gone probably maybe not prison but certainly court. I reckon you, there's certain programs that you'd be able to get away with it until it goes up, goes live, and then people are like, yeah, yeah. too late, like, it's, the pen, like the Pen Fifteen Club, exactly <laughs> like Pen Fifteen Club, or when people call up those um, the Jesus shows, you know, the the preachers oh, on TV, and they go they. like, "Hello, um, Father, I I'm just calling because I had quite a rough childhood. I um, I actually grew up in West Philadelphia. That's Born where I was raised, um, and I used to play a lot of <laughs> basketball." But then one day I got into a, an altercation with some young, some youth, and um, I got in, I, I ended in a fight really. And um, my auntie said, uh, "You're moving up with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air." And then and I whistle for a cab. When it came, and the host was like, "Oh, oh not again!" <laughs> Sounds like something Darren Brown would do. Yeah, the world needs more Darren Brown, just in general. I feel like if Darren Brown did more things. Everybody would have a better time. If you did more things on TV and just more things. He, he needs to just scale, doesn't he? How do you scale when you're Darren Brown? When you are, in fact, Darren already. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. See you next week. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. 
If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.